Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! It is the Fizzle Show and I am Figaro and I would like to welcome you. This is turning into Count Dracula. <laughs> welcome to the Fizzle Show where every week we talk about things that are interesting to indie entrepreneurs. This is like being a hunter-gatherer. It's like being a modern hunter-gatherer. You are earning your living doing something that's independent. Like, you go out and you find ways to sort of make money, because money is sort of the, the thing we need. We don't go to the grocery store and, like, <laughs> dig up some fruit or vegetables anymore. Like, we'd go and we have to purchase them, right? So you got to find a way to make that money you use to purchase these things that you need, right? Well... If you're anything like me, and like a lot of us, you've had some pretty crappy jobs in your life. Has that, has that happened to you? Has that happened once or twice? You ever had one of those jobs you felt like leaving? Yeah, I know a lot of us have had that. And it's made us wonder, hey, hey, I got a question. Is there a way for life to not be completely freaking dreadful every Sunday night around 5 p.m. when I realize what's coming for me on Monday? <laughs> Is there any way for my Monday morning commute to feel a whole lot less um, like I'm going to war and <laughs> like I have to survive this and a little more like I am enjoying myself? Uh, that's the question that a lot of us indie entrepreneurs have asked ourselves, and we've been finding ways to enjoy our ways of making a living ever since. It's possible to do it, it's absolutely possible, but it's challenging. You don't, you're not entitled to anything here, okay? There are things you need to learn because guess what? Nobody taught you this stuff. If you lived in an entrepreneurial family, if you grew up in an entrepreneurial family, if you, if you had been close to entrepreneurship in some way, way, shape, or form, then maybe you have some innate sort of knowledge of this. But almost none of us have that from my walking around the world. You know what, honestly? You know who has us licked here, you guys? Is uh, uh, children of immigrants, have you noticed this, that children of immigrants have this like incredible, insane work ethic? I mean, I've talked with many of them and have many of them as friends, and they would, I, I think they would be okay with me admitting the fact that it's, it's largely shame-based. <laughs> it's their parents shaming them into becoming doctors and lawyers and entrepreneurs and like franchisee owners and stuff like that. But there are cultures out there, this is a hell of an intro. Don't worry, I'm coming back around to you, Corbett and Steph. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm coming. There are places and, and families and, and vibes where you get, you get this signal of what entrepreneurship really is but i didn't get that i did on some levels but not in the ways that i really needed to about how you have to work how you have to find the idea that actually works how it's not about you princess it's not about you yeah you i get it you look great you look great you're a good singer you're a good dancer it's very pretty um i'm going on with my life now do you have something that can help me with my life because that's what i'm interested in right now that's what you have to learn as an entrepreneur is how to make things that are interesting useful valuable to other people that's what this show's about. This is the Fizzle Show. We do this every week. My intros are not always that long, but sometimes, sometimes they are. Let's be honest. It's the, uh, it's the randomness of the show that keeps it kind of interesting. Wouldn't you say, Corbett? Wouldn't you say, Steph? I'd, mm. I'd say uh, it's just it's best to just let you finish sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a dog humping your leg. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just let him finish. He'll go lie down for a few hours. <laughs> then we'll get to talk. Um, how you guys doing, Steph? What's going on? Well, everyone listening, I just want to wish Chase Reeves a very happy birthday. At the time of this recording, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, oh, well, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. It is, which yeah. means when you wish him a birthday, uh, happy birthday on Twitter, it'll be a week old, but it still counts. Do it anyway. It's, it's it totally anyway. still counts. It's still, I still feel the love. And let's be frank. The only reason why I'm the way I am is because I just need to feel more of it. You just That's need all. it. I just yeah. need it. I'm addicted. I'm an addict. I'm a total addict. Um, and that's where I've done so much of my entrepreneurship, to be frank, uh, is, to, is to try to get people to pay attention to and love me. Now, now, one of the things that has been a huge part of my entrepreneurial journey, like one of the biggest things in my entrepreneurial journey, swear to God, has been going to conferences and I was thinking the other day about like, what is it about going to conferences that has actually mattered to me? Like, what are the things that have actually contributed to my life in a meaningful way? And then we got started talking about this before we pressed record and realized that like, nowadays there's something kind of new. There's something kind of different going on. It's not just the conference, right? Which like I said, has been like Corbin and I actually met each other at a conference. Corbin, do you remember that? 
Oh yeah. We literally, we just met I, at a conference. I remember it like it was yesterday and it's really hard to believe, but it's almost been six years ago. Will you mm. tell the story? Like, like what you remember of it? Like what, like in, in your, doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be short, just whatever. Like, like tell the story of, of how one time you met a person at a conference and you ended up how, becoming like lifelong partners with them. Tell the story of how mommy and daddy met. <laughs> tell the story of how mommy and daddy met and how the, how the, the baby, the stork delivers the baby. Well, we were, uh, we were at a conference at the time called blog world, which if it still exists, it's known as new media expo. Now they may have even changed it since then, but this was one that I attended a few times and had really loved because I was able to meet the people that I had spent so much time talking with online on Twitter and in blog comments and, you know, on Skype and stuff like that. And this was one of those places you could go and like every avatar that you knew from online was there. And, uh, in this case we were, it was like, you know, the conference itself was kind of boring. There wasn't a whole lot to learn necessarily during the day. And you were really there for the after parties, right? For going out with everybody. And of course, there was always like an organized after party, you know, that most people were at. And then, you know, there were whispers around like, well, you know, where are you going next? And the crowd would thin out a little bit. And you'd kind of get down to just the cool kids who wanted to be out <laughs> drinking so and, true. you know, and seeing who was. It's so true, man. So much of my freaking life as an entrepreneur was, de- was defined literally by the fact that I was just good at that. I was good at either like figuring out who the cool people were or that I wanted to be with and then kind of finagling my, finagling my way into like what the second, what the next party was or yeah. the next place was. Or eventually what happened is I was the one who was making the, where, the, where the next place happened. Because yeah. what's so essential to that is that it can't be too many people. There can't be people who are too desperate in that. And, and I've, I've been desperate in my time in life. You know, I've been desperate. I've been the desperate guy that like people were avoiding. And so, you know, sometimes when there's people who need to get together and have like some connection about like what they're doing in business like we can't do that around someone's like who's just in a different a different state well and not just just that but also you just kind of get a sense for uh how many people are are appropriate for the kind of evening that you want to have and sometimes unfortunately it's just impossible to have the kind of connection that you might want to have if there are a hundred people around or whatever right so so you know you're constantly on the hunt for you know well maybe tonight's a we're gonna have a a private dinner thing you know and there's gonna be 20 people or whatever but in this on this particular night in los angeles i was rooming at the time with derek halpern and uh i think you were there (laughs) with um uh, Chris, right from Thesis. Yeah, things. Chris. Chris Pearson was someone I knew there. A guy named Kenny was a, a guy I knew there. Yeah, um, and this was at well, actually, this was at Blog World, Blog World LA. LA. So I, through Chris, I had met a few of the people, all few of, of the like, like the mid tier people. Like I think I'd met like a Pat Flynn at that point, and like a handful of others, and we were all just general same age, like early family people, some of us, you know, but all bloggers, you know. Yeah, and and. uh you and I both ended up at a, at some, some party at a bar. Uh, it was, yeah, it was like kinda, a party, but like by HubSpot or something. And it was, it was big. I mean, there were, there were a lot of people there, but, uh, I just remember heading over to the bar to get a drink. And I think I ordered a shot of Fernet and you happened to be standing there and you overheard the whole thing. And that was it. From then on, we hung out the rest of the conference, yeah. uh, and, uh, got our wives together shortly after and became fast friends. Yeah, happily I mean, to ever me, after to me yeah. like you stood out like a sore thumb right because again one of the hard things in life to do right now as an entrepreneur this is what corbett said before we started i think this is totally brilliant like like you can have connection one-to-one with someone virtually like for me if i had if i had like a little uh a little like scheduled one-to-one with someone who i know and and we're like we don't get a lot of time to talk Maybe he or she is a blogger, podcaster, entrepreneur of some kind, and we were just going to spend two hours on the phone with each other and like and like have a cigarette or something like that. I don't know what you people do like to a get jazz into cigarette? like like a jazz cigarette to get into like a, a just a mellow like hey how are things going like what are you thinking about these days like what's next for you how does that feel oh really wow your parents had you when they were really old. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Whatever. <laughs> Stuff like that. Just weird, like conversations with people who are movers and shakers in the world at the same sort of level that you are, the same sort of, sort of like, I don't know, like level of manifestation for one way of putting it. Um, you could do that one-to-one, but what you can't really do virtually very easily is 
be with like be have a Skype call with 50 people at the same time and find the one person that you really kind of connect with or that you're like you're kind of like, "Oh, I want to talk to that person for a little bit more." Sometimes for that you have to be in person. Sometimes for that and like like you kind of have to like be in a room full of like uh, like we all came here cuz we wanted to learn more about fucking podcasting or something like that, right? <laughs> like we all just came here cuz like we're like podcasting sounds like a good thing to learn about and you're in some room and that's what called all of you together and you all like kind of answered the call and we're like I'm interested in podcasting. And now like get a cocktail or a beer or a LaCroix or a, or a soda water with a lime in it. Cause then they can't tell if it's a cocktail or not. That's a pro tri- trick for you right there. <laughs> when you're tired uh, of drinking. Yes. That's exactly. called being pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good line, Steph. Mm-hmm. That's called being pregnant, right? So you're in that room and now like who knows what happens? Right. I am one of these weirdos who believes in the way that, you know, the universe kind of moves in mysterious ways that that you are a a creature of a very massive universe that operates on levels that we have no no clue on how to understand. And so maybe you do end up randomly at a conference that you're like, I don't know if I should go to this conference. My wife's kind of mad at me, but I really want to go. I should go anyways. I have to go. Let's go. And then you're there and you're like, I don't know. Am I going to meet anybody? Like, what should I do here? Like, we're how do I hold my hands? Like, where do I put my hands when you're meeting people? Like, should I put something funny on my, on my name tag? Am I talking funny? I did. I talk too much. I just talked too much to that person. I put, I turned them off. I talked too much. Dang it. Chase. Why do you always do that? Oh, look at You know what I mean? You're just this, you're this, you're this to this. And then it's all of a sudden, like, I think that guy just ordered a Fernet. Like, Hey, did you, are you drinking Fernet? Like, that's crazy. And then we start, yeah, we start talking about Fernet. Well, I had heard about it because my brother had told me about it because he lived in the city. And like I had had some, like, it was right at the beginning of me learning about Fernet. And that's the best time to catch me when I'm right at the beginning of learning about something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll talk your ear off about it. But because um, I'm just hungry for knowledge. But the, the, the point being, you have to sometimes be in some of these places to get these relationships going. Right? And I'm sitting here telling you, I started a business with this guy I heard order a shot of Fernet that just ra- happened randomly when we were at some damn conference. I did mm. not think about doing this. This is not something I put on my mood board. This is not something I sp- put into the universe with intention. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I guess I, I did sort of subconsciously maybe, but I was just like there going like, I guess I'll go to a conference now. And then, stuff just started happening now i'm not sitting here telling you your life what's wrong with it is that you haven't gone to a conference (laughs) i'm not telling you that right hey if things aren't going good in your business have you gone to a conference oh well that's what you got to do but i am also telling you that like this is just one of those things like you got to be growing your email list you got to have some real life connection with people that are doing the similar thing as you because i know if you're like most of us, there is nobody in your physical meat space life who's doing something even remotely close to what you're thinking about doing with your life right now. You're literally in your head, in your mind, in your heart, and your soul going like, I wonder if I could do this. And you're all alone. And that does that is not a healthy environment for a plant like that to to thrive. Like you, that plant, it needs sun, it needs sunlight, it needs water, and it needs people to talk about it with. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It needs to talk it over with people. So today on the show, what we want to kind of get into is this. This sense of like, okay, so what's the best way to do that right now? What's some wisdom about doing that? And Steph, here's what I want you to talk about for a second, because you mentioned this in our little pre-call interview or whatever, and it's totally true. There's a new thing that's like kind of on the market, so to speak. You know, if you're walking down the aisles of what you can get as an entrepreneur right now, like there's a, there's a, a bunch of conferences, big conferences, like Corbett mentioned, New Media Expo or World Domination Summit or the, the Convert Kit Conference, or I'm sure MailChimp has a conference. Uh, I think the Lead Pages people have a conference. Jeff Goings has a conference, right? All these different people are throwing all these different gatherings and you're walking down the supermarket going like, all right, in this aisle, like which one am I going to go for? I'm in the market for a conference experience. But there's also this kind of other thing like on the other side of the aisle where 
it's more of like these kind of retreats or small gatherings. Steph, how have you seen these? Like, where did, where did you get introduced? When, do you remember like the first time you saw one of these things? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know if I can remember the first time I saw one of these, although I do feel like, you know, we're recording this in mid 2018. I feel like 2017 was really the year where this, these just started popping up everywhere. And there's a mm. whole bunch of, I feel I've seen a whole bunch of different kinds of small retreats. Like sometimes they are paid and there's like an expert who is going to guide a small group of people through something. And there's, there's more guided content. There's more educational sort of workshoppy content. But then it's also sometimes just people who maybe have been masterminding on Zoom every two weeks who say, Hey, we should all get together and, you know, I don't know, Boise or something. And they just pick a place and they say, we should do this in person somewhere and, and get even more out of it that way. So I see this evolution of now the small retreat where it's, you know, 10, 12 people. I think it is a result of exactly what you guys are talking about with how you met and, and the biggest things you've gotten out of conferences. And I would agree is the relationship side of things. Um, I think a lot of people who've been to conferences would probably say that's the best thing about it. So it feels like what's happened is a lot of people out there have said, let's just cut, cut all the BS from this and just do the part that we all want to do, which is get together and talk and mastermind and get to know each other and drink wine and, and do all of those things. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to think of where I first got introduced to this concept. I think it's it, again, it's it's more that there's people who are now offering this in, in a paid capacity. So I see people who are going, this is really interesting too. I see people going to specialized retreats where it's like a, a social media retreat where you're really going deep on one topic, which is a pretty interesting juxtaposition uh, against a more classic like social media conference, right? So you're still getting that sort of like deep dive into what social media looks like in 2018 as led by an expert with a small group. And I know in some of these um, situations, they can be really organized where you leave with like a custom plan for yourself. You leave with a new headshot and new photos. So that's an experience. Um, so it goes from that organized all the way to super, super casual where it's like, hey, let's just a bunch of us get together and talk about what it feels like to be in business, like you said, Chase, and be surrounded by people who don't really get what it is that I'm doing. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's an, it been an interesting new option. And just to back up for a second, one thing, like as you you guys were kind of teeing this up in terms of how you met and and going to conferences and and how to meet people at conferences, I'm just thinking about people out there who are who are listening who maybe haven't been to an experience like this before. And you're probably thinking about going to one and you've seen them online and it's a big decision. Like, I just feel like that's worth uh, mentioning is uh, I've, I recently was talking to someone in our community who told me, Steph, listen, I'm, I'm thinking about going to a conference, but I've done the math and it's going to be a thousand dollars for me to get the ticket and the hotel and the airfare. So this is a big decision for a lot of people listening. This might be one of the first business investments you've made. And I just, I remember, you know, back when I started being in that space of like, really wanting to go, but being intimidated about getting enough out of it. And like, as you guys were talking, what comes to mind for me is there's just a lot of intangibles that you can't really plan for. You have to kind of pick the best experience that feels most exciting for you. And I don't want to say you have to just pray that it pays off, but I think sometimes it it kind of feels that way. This isn't necessarily one of those business decisions that you can look at the data and decide if it's a good investment. Um, I don't know. It's a kind of a whole different beast. Yeah, I think that's so important, Steph. Thank you for slowing us down. I, I realize now that I kind of like was fast forwarding into the stuff that I've learned is like, this is where the real meat and potatoes are. But the truth is I only learned that because I've been, because of like the last 10 years of taking conferences quasi seriously, even before yeah. I was even a blogger person. And so going back, zooming all the way back to like never been to a conference before. Um, yeah. My wife right now, for the first time, she's at a conference. And she's like, cause she's a, a, she runs a podcast for women about birth stuff. You know, it's like labor, delivery, doula, uh, all this crazy being a mother, womanhood, all this wonderful stuff that is killer. And she's right now at a conference that's like for like labor professionals or something like that. Um, and she, uh, and, and anyways, I'll, I'll spare you my, my line about that one. It's, it's awesome. She's got a booth like at the expo place like where she's like this is our podcast sign up we want to do like a 20 30 minute interview with you to hear about your birth story or your doula story or something like that and it's her first time doing it and so watching her kind of go through the like like leading up to this like what am i going to need for preparation i had to kind of coach her a lot going like hey 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 
the whole game of the conference is really in just showing up with an open heart. <laughs> Do you know, and just getting there is like, is like almost all the work. And then once you're there, it's be yourself and find the people you connect with. That's it. And then you kind of have to trust that that's going to be enough, you know, for her, she's wanted to do more with this podcasting and interviewing and this stuff. And I told her like, be the first one to say, you know what? We don't need to do that. And instead just go get drinks with some new friends, go get lunch, go hang out, go do something. Um, because that's where the stuff really, that, and after years of doing this, that's where I feel like this stuff really happens. Corbett, would you I'm, concur? Well, I'm, I'm curious, like in, in Melissa's case or Steph in, in thinking through, uh, people that you're coaching who are talking about going to a conference for the first time, or maybe we can even remember back to the first time we went to a conference what is the first thing that prompts you to think you want to go to a conference in that situation? Like what's the driving need? Is it that you feel like you want connection? Is it, you know, in Melissa's case that she wanted to find customers? Like what's the thing that, you know, is causing someone to go? I think for a lot of people, and this is definitely true of myself, this is really interesting. Um, and maybe you guys would agree with this if you can think all the way back. I think initially a lot of us go for the education. We think, I need to learn some stuff and I want to go see so-and-so speak and I want to learn about how to market on Instagram. So I think a lot of times people go for the content and then oftentimes are really pleasantly surprised by actually what ends up being the best thing is the, yeah. are the connections that you made. I feel like that was my experience is, you know, the, just to tell a quick story, since you guys were, were doing the story thing, I'm, I'm thinking about like life changing. I'm thinking to myself, do I have a, a story like that? And I totally do. When I was living in Chicago, when I was still a group on, had never met you guys, I was starting to get interested in this whole entrepreneurship thing. And I went to, it wasn't, I guess you could call it kind of a conference. It was like an evening and there were like three speakers. It was a local like Chicago bloggers thing. And I saw this one girl speak and I just thought she was so compelling. And she talked about how she was doing sales training like around the world. And that was my background. I was doing sales training at Groupon. And I just went up to her and I was like, Hey, I just feel kind of drawn to you. I feel like you're, I don't say that. That's a weird thing to say. I don't think I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little forward. Yes. I think I said like, I was like, I just was, you know, I really loved what you talked about. I do sales training too. I would love to get coffee with you sometime. I got coffee with this girl. She ended up being a great friend of mine. Her name's Amanda Bolin. She runs, she did it her way. She was the first guest on my podcast ever. I spoke at her conference last month and she was the person who convinced me to quit my job and apply to work at Fizzle. So wow, it's like- Wow, Steph. Oh my God, that's huge. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I So I, anyway, all of that to say, I think I went, if I look all the way back, I went to that evening because there was like a couple of interesting topics being discussed. Like there was an accountant talking about business finances. And I had no idea. I think I'd booked my first career coaching client. I was like, I don't know. I'll go to this thing. So you go in a lot of cases, I think people feel like I need to go seek education. Um, and then yeah. at least in my case, super pleasantly surprised by like actually making lasting friendships. I mean, for me, this is now three and a half years ago, probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's such a big, that's such a big story, Steph. This is the thing. It's like sometimes if you put yourself in, in the flow of the things that you're like, like as an entrepreneur, as an indie entrepreneur, I want to be clear too, that like, you don't have to do this. I know some people who've never been to conferences and they have, they have totally satisfactory, they have businesses that they're just like, they're very busy. They love, they love how it's going. They're focused on the family. They are the lifestyle that they're building or whatever, right? They've got their life in order. They're like, I'm not lacking something. Like I've, I'm, I have too many things going on as it is too many good things going on. Right. So I'm not saying this to everybody. I'm saying this to those of you who are like, I wish, like, I wish it was going a little bit better. Like, I feel like there's something more, like I'm kind of hungry for something more and admit it to yourself. Like, like I wish it was going better. I think I felt like that my entire life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish, I, I feel like it should be going better than this. I feel like it should be, uh, and then, except for like a handful of moments when I realized like, oh my God, it's going really well, you know? And that only, that's only happened in the last three years of my life, basically, is getting, getting the point of like, realizing that like, business is going good, friendships are going good, relationships are going good, like spiritually I feel connected, like it can go good. And what I'm sitting here telling you, what Steph's sitting here telling you, what Corbett's sitting here telling you is, I don't know, but for us going to a conference and just 
being with people who are like this, who are like me, who have my same addiction or weirdoness, right? Was ended up being kind of helpful. Like Steph's like, oh, I wonder if I had a story. I wonder if I have a story that that's changed my life. And then she starts talking about the damn details. And then she talks about the results from that meeting that one person at some random conference that she was like, I don't know if I should go to it or not. And what mm-hmm. do I do? Should I talk to who? Do, who should I talk to? Well, I've got nothing to do. I'll go up to that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And exactly. then just like random, incredible impact on your life that happens when you're interacting with what I would call your tribe. The people like you who are building different stuff in different avenues than you. Maybe they are bloggers and you're a blogger. Maybe they're a podcaster and you're a blogger. Maybe you have the same media or the different media. It doesn't matter. It's like, this is like I said, hunter gatherer type stuff. This is like I said, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be like the slave to some boss, you know, if I don't have to be, because I don't know if that's necessarily a more secure position to be in anyways, right? So anyways, being around people who are like that can really, really impact and change your life. So the first and foremost, this idea of like, if I, should I, what if, this kind of stuff, Steph's advice on that, say that again, Steph, if, to someone who's like had that feeling for maybe a while or they've noticed it before and they never pulled the trigger, this question about, I don't know if I would want to go to that. I'm I'm an introvert. I'm a, Dude, we're all introverts. We're all extra extroverts yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like I get it that, that we all have very different makeups and that it's, it can be incredibly challenging to be in a room like that for some people. Um, totally honor that. And yet your soul is calling to you saying like, we want to work for ourselves. We want to make our own living doing something. I'm like, well, maybe we should listen to that. And maybe part of that is confronting that fear because honestly, you don't really need that to get where you want to go. It might be working against you, right? Um, so anyways, again, for the people who, who are like, do you have any like nail to put in that coffin? <laughs> on like, yeah, go for it. You said, you said something in passing that I, I have to underscore, which is that bit about having an open heart, going to these things with an open heart. I think if you're going to go, if you're going to spend the money, if you're the person who's listening and you're like, yeah, I've thought about shelling out a thousand bucks, you know, all in to go to something, you have to make it worth your while and you are in charge of that. So like, yes, go to the, to the talks and take notes and all that good stuff, but you have got to bring your butt to the table and go to the cocktail stuff and go up to somebody who's not talking to anybody and say, Hey, and like, Promise yourself that if you go and you leave the kids and you get the babysitter and you pay the money and you do all the things that you're going to be 100% there because I think the worst situation is to to make that effort and then walk away feeling like oh, I didn't go up to the person. I didn't say the thing. You know, like in my case, the story I just told the, the girl at the time, she totally impressed me. She was the speaker and I kind of stood there for a few minutes. I like had my glass of wine. I was like, oh, should I go up to her? Like she spoke, you know, is intimidating. But I remember thinking to myself, if I walk out of this room and I didn't go try to say hello, I am going to regret that. And thank God I went up to her and she ended up being like lovely, just another human being like all of us are. So if you're going to go, go all in. And I would say you'd rather, you know, like actually have an awkward conversation. That's the worst thing that can happen is you go up to somebody and it's awkward and you end and you're like, oh God, that was terrible versus wondering what if I had gone up to that person that I wanted to say hello to. So if you're going to be there, go all in a hundred percent. Yeah, I like that. And and you know what? One of so much of the art of that is just knowing how to pop in, say what's up, be be kind, be nice, be uh be a little bit interesting, honestly, but not too not trying to be too interesting. And then knowing if it's not clicking, like find your way find your way out. Like right. you're in this to find something that clicks. You don't need this to happen. You're like like every person that you meet out there, you will find people that it like it just kind of clicks a little easier. It feels kind of good to be in conversation with these people, right? You actually mm-hmm. kind of like it. And even if they don't have some big, massive following or anything like that, I wrote this article a long time ago. I kind of had my mind blown by the idea of what I called the third tier networking, third tier networking, right? So you have the first tier is like, is like all the big, all the really, really big, really big, like the biggest of the big. Like, um, so one example is like, so for me, it's like, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, uh, Liz Gilbert. Uh, these are like my here, Rob Bell. These are people that like are to me, I'm like, wow, that's a platform. Um, Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> Jay-Z, right? That's a platform. That's big. That's biggest of the big. That's rarefied air, baby. That's it. Then I see like second tier people. All right. That's like Pat Flynn, Chris Ducker, uh, Tara Gentili, 
um, you know, and, and like Marie Forleo is like a little bit like like she's trending up, she's trending higher, right? And it, like, <laughs> and so we of course we all want to be friends with the people who are like the the sparkly shiny ones, but this idea of the third tier, these are the people who are going to be, they're going to to have larger platforms, audiences, interesting things, just interesting things going on. Things they might be popular, they might not be. But they're going to have interesting things going on. You know why? Because they're taking their life kind of serious. They're taking their creative firepower, their freedom, their ability to earn revenue, their capabilities, their power as a person and a creative. They're taking it kind of seriously, and it's just going to lead to some interesting stuff. It already has. They're already doing it. Like Matt Giovanisi. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Every step of the game, just interesting. Why did he make a rap video about pool care? Who does that? It's an interesting decision, you know? Um, Nathan Barry, back in the day, perfect example. He was back in the day, he was a designer, he was doing some designy stuff, some bloggy stuff, third tier. Now he's the head of one of the fastest growing companies I've ever, I know, and I like loads of my friends work for him now. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, like, make friends with the third tier. That's close to where you are, right? And so it's not about how many followers, how much they can get you. That's desperation. Get out of that. Everybody, we can smell desperation on you. And so when you meet someone, you're looking for connection. You're looking for connection and ease, a kind of funness. There's like a fragrance to it. That's what it was like with Corbett and I. That's absolutely what it was like with Corbett and I and with a lot of the other people that I've met. Is It was just like, oh, wow, this guy is interesting to me and this conversation's going well. <laughs> I'm not getting those signals where it's like, I think I'm kind of ruining this guy's time right now. <laughs> was I wrong? Was, should, I, should I have been more delicate, Corbett? What? No. <laughs> Did I overwhelm you? Did I, I mean, uh, talk on, over always. you? Did I... You're always overwhelming, but in a good way. <laughs> okay. All right, good. But that, that's a big point of, of like when you're there and you're like, should I go up to her? Should I not? Should I say hi? Listen, look for the connection. Hold it with open hands. If the conversation isn't going like, isn't really clicking... Make a make your way out before it gets too awkward. If there's one of those awkward moments where everybody like looks down at their drinks, <laughs> then it's like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna find the bathroom, or mm-hmm. I've got another uh, another thing. And don't don't show up going like, so what's your biggest fear right now? Have oh you got, God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes, like it's like they read some damn book on. Oh, it's the worst. Anyways, we questions, could, yeah, we could, yeah, and icebreaker stuff. And some of them can be really fun. You know, to me, like I always used to get it. Like, hey, so what are you like? What are you geeking out about right now? What are you kicking out about? Like, what's yeah. on your boat? What's doing the thing? That's like, could easily be one of those, but the way I ask it always seemed sort of disarming and sort of light, lighter than, than a big thing. These are like actually kind of, as I'm talking about, I'm realizing these are probably really big deals. Like, there's probably some people out there who are going like, these are good, these are good tips. Like, that's going to help me, you know? Because the truth is, there's not that many tips you need to know to know how to like do this conference mode. And if you don't know how to do that, then I could totally understand why that would, that would feel very intimidating. It would feel very scary. And I'm actually kind of asking you to try to try to look into that. Why are we afraid of that? Should we be afraid of that? Can we actually learn how to do this? Is it going to be a little awkward at first? And, and then we'll learn through it. Is it going to be like literally everything in life where you might not be good at it at first, but it's not going to kill you and you're going to learn and you'll get better. And then maybe knowing how to do that thing ends up having a really big impact on your life. It might be one of those things. You know, so let's, let's circle back to the conversation and start, um, talking about maybe let's talk about the differences between these. I want to get into what are the elements that we actually get out of these conferences. Like I want to break it down. Like, like you don't have to go to a conference to get these elements. If you can find out how to get these elements, then you can get them sort of at your coffee shop. You can get them in your location, like, like your local, like town potentially. Um, so I want to get into those elements. I'm excited for that because I feel like that's going to be really like sort of takeaway type stuff. But first, I want to talk a little bit about maybe some of the, like what do we see as like the differences and maybe some of the pros and cons between like going for a bigger event and going for like a smaller, like sort of mastermindy gathering type of thing. But first, before we do that, Corbett, do we have a sponsor for this episode? We do. Yeah. Our sponsor this episode is Gusto. And uh, Gusto is HR, payroll, compliance, and all the dirty work that you need to do as an entrepreneur made easy for you. Because this isn't just a job. You're running an office, inspiring a team, practicing your passion, and building a business. So old school payroll and HR just aren't built for the way that you work. 
but Gusto is. And Gusto sponsors The Fizzle Show because they believe in small, independent entrepreneurs, just like we do. And that's why 60,000 plus businesses are on the Gusto payroll platform. So you can get three months of payroll for free when you run your first payroll by heading to gusto.com slash fizzle. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash fizzle. Love it. That was, that was a good ad read, Corbett. Yeah, strong. That, that was good. You've been thinking about this. This is good. I I think you do so good at the ad reads. I think they're they're better when you do it because they're they're first of all they're they're shorter than when I do it because I just start getting <laughs> like just off topic. But the second of all, it's just like it actually cuts to the heart of the matter. You know, I like that. Okay, so Steph, let's go to you for first and like. Tell me what you see as so maybe some of the differences or the, what's one of the big differences you see in the big conference versus the smaller gathering? I think in a lot of cases, the smaller gathering is going to be more of an opportunity to hang out with peer type people. Not to say that you can't go to conferences and find peers, because I think you definitely can. But I think typically it's it, maybe I could go as far as to say it might be the difference between like more formal education. So you're, you know, you're thinking keynotes and workshops and putting pen to paper and kind of taking notes on tips and strategies and things like that. That would be the larger conference. In my experience, the smaller retreats are going to be more mastermind style. So it's probably going to be, unless, like I said, you're going to one of these highly organized expert led retreats, which those do exist. But I think in a lot of cases, it's more show up with, one page about your business um, and we're going to kind of circulate the pages. Everyone's going to get a chance to be in the hot seat and you're going to get questions and guidance. So it's the difference I I find between more structured, maybe perhaps even general education, but the advantage there, of course, it's usually like if someone's on a stage, it's because they they have a lot to share and they've done it. So learning from people who've really done the stuff and taking notes about it and taking it home and implementing it versus the smaller group, you're probably going to be with your peers. You're probably going to be talking about your business and getting advice and feedback about your particular business. So Mm. I think those aren't necessarily pros or cons. Um, One of the advantages I think of the larger setting is you have more potential people to, to meet, right? Like if you're going to a conference that has 50, 100, 200 or more attendees, well, you've got more chances at making meaningful relationships. Whereas if you're going to a smaller retreat, I think you want to be pretty sure going into it, or as sure as you can be, since you probably haven't met these people in real life, um, that they're going to be your people because the, <laughs> there's really nothing worse than going to a small retreat with like 10 people and being stuck in like a cabin for the whole weekend. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, these are not my people. Yeah. So I think you, I think you want to be a little bit more sure that the people that you are going to meet at the smaller retreat are going to be people that could potentially be your inner circle because you're probably going to be sharing those deeper, darker business fears. And I think if you're going into the retreat environment, you really need to feel ready to like open up about the scary, like in-depth stuff of your business or else you're just not going to get as much out of it. Totally. Absolutely. I went to a smaller, I think there was probably 15, 12 maybe entrepreneurs there. And, uh, we were at a, like a rented, like a big house. Everybody just kind of covered the, the cost of the food and, and which was like a, a chef that we hired just to like have stuff in the fridge that we could heat up. Basically, actually the food was dang good. And then, uh, and then that all happened in a house that had like a big living room and, and plenty of bedrooms for everybody. And it was, uh, it was very, very master. Very, it was like very large mastermindy, right? Which means everybody got to sit on the everybody got to hit, sit on the hot seat for a little while and talk about one thing. Either they could share something. Here's what I learned, or ask for help on on something else. Like, hey, I need help with this thing right now. You know, I need mm-hmm. help with that thing right now. And then every then they would field questions from everyone in the room. Everybody could just ask questions. And so the 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 learning just came from inquiry, not like yeah. you should do this. Totally. You know? yeah. And then actually what I did for mine was I had, and this is awesome. There's, I'm glad somebody mentioned this as an option. As I just said, uh, you guys talk about me like I'm not here. And, and it was just a bunch of people. Some of them knew me, some of them didn't. A lot of them knew of my platform and online activities, but, and most of what their experience with me was just like this weekend that we've had together. But then some people really knew me. That was a really, really, uh, 
that was just a valuable, it was just really valuable for me to hear that kind of thing. I like that energy of, or that like kind of vibe of when you're in a, in like a big small group, you know, 15 people is like a big small group to me. Six people is a small group to me. That's like, that's like, okay, yeah, we're, everybody's talking. Everybody's talking quite a bit. Like, so we're going to be conversational with it. And I like, so I like those like little bit, little bit big, small gatherings. Now compare that to a large conference, world domination summit, um, the, like, I don't know, any, any other conference you're thinking of that's like a conference. Oftentimes you're in like a world domination's massive and it splinters out into like a bunch of little conferences. Like some people are really into yoga and I bet they, there's so many yoga events that, that it's kind of like a mini conference within the thing itself. And there's a lot of different things like that there. But then I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of our friend Jeff Goins has a, a conference. I know he does. I don't know how many people are there. I'm imagining it's in the like 200 to 500 people thing. Um, uh, convert kits is like that too. I think there was like 200 or 500 people this year. I'm terrible at like looking at a room going, how big is this? And those are a really good size too. That's like a, if you haven't done anything, I would recommend that. Cause honestly the big world domination summit can be kind of intimidating. It's good because you can be a fly on the wall and not have to talk to anybody. Really. You can just kind of go from event to event to event and everybody's so friendly. You'll definitely end up just getting into fun conversations anyways. But that, that like convert, for instance, anybody listening to this show should be knowing about the convert kit conference. Like you just should be, I mean, we don't even get paid to, to mention that, but that's something that, that like is very aligned with the values of this podcast of what we do at fizzle. Um, they're sort of like a, a sister business to us and, and they serve you guys really well. And that's like a great conference to be thinking about going, which by the way, are those tickets actually still on sale when this episode airs? Uh, I wonder if if we can like, if we can, um, if we can make like a a redirect Corbett to a, to tickets to that before this episode airs and we'll try to like drum up through Barrett, like a discount code for someone. Right, it's, poss- it's possible. They, it's they possible. Are, they are available now. I don't know about a discount, but they are available now. So okay. So here's what we'll do, Corbett. Make a note of this. We got to make a fizzle.co slash uh craft slash craft. I guess sure. Because the event's called Craft and Commerce. All right. So fizzle.co slash craft will either take you to a page. Uh, but that'll give you a discount or there won't be a discount or it'll be like a note from us on how to get a discount or something like that. If you want to do the convert kit tickets, we'll talk to Barrett and see what we could do. That'd be really fun. Uh, and it's literally happening live right now on the podcast. So I hope we could figure it out. But the worst, worst case scenario, just fizzle.co slash craft. will get you to the event page and you can research and learn more about it and maybe buy tickets if it feels like the kind of thing that feels right to you. Um, okay. So, Corbett, when you think about the difference between a big event and a smaller gathering, what do you think is important for people to know about the difference there? Well, I was just thinking about earlier, you know, the why you would attend one versus the other and, and what the differences are there. And, you know, we've we've talked a lot about this idea of deep connections and you know, life-changing relationships that you might make at a conference or at a retreat. I think you could do those at either of them. Yeah. But that's intimidating for a lot of people and especially for introverts. And, you know, I feel like I straddle the line sometimes. Sometimes I feel very extroverted. Other times I feel like I just want to sit in a hotel room and not talk to anybody. Um, And I've done both of those things at conferences, you know, and, and, uh, and they're fun. But it can be intimidating if you think like I'm going to go to this thing and I have to walk away with some kind of deep life changing connection with someone that I don't know yet, right? Yeah, and it can be a lot of pressure. So, you know, to to just make this easier on people and to kind of lower the the bar that you have to get over the first time going to one of these. Mm-hmm. I love that Steph said that you know you might go because you want to learn something that's a a pretty easy thing you can do you can go and attend and just listen and you could you could learn at either a small retreat sort of thing or at a conference you're going to be able to learn from either of those um the feeling that you're not alone i don't think we should 
should overlook that. That's a huge thing for either of these kinds of events. Um, you know, just getting to hear other people's stories and to recognize that there are other people who are as crazy as, as you are thinking that they can build a business and support themselves doing it. And maybe hearing from some people who have already been doing it. That's huge. And then also, um, just getting to practice telling your story and explaining mm. who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Like that's huge also because, you know, so many times we sit in our office in front of our laptop or at a coffee shop and rewrite our headline or our about page or our tagline or something a million times feeling like if we just get it right, you know, it's going to unlock everything for us. And it's important because it matters how you feel about what you do and how you communicate that. But when you're just putting it on a page, it's so hard to see how other people are relating to that and what you're saying. And, and if you're explaining it well enough, but when you get in person and you, and somebody says, so, you know, what do you, what's your thing? Like, what are you up to? What do you do? And you have to spend a little bit of time telling them, first of all, you realize how uncomfortable it feels at first. Um, and second of all, you get to like see the expression on someone's face and hear the questions that they ask as a follow-up. And that's huge getting to practice that. And you can do that in either scenario. I would say at a big conference, you're going to be able to do that likely with more people, but in a more surface kind of way where some people may not actually be listening. Um, at a retreat, people are going to be listening a little bit more. And also at a retreat, often they're set up, as Steph said, sort of in a mastermind format where each person is going to have a hot seat opportunity, um, you know, sort of an uninterrupted stretch of time where you're addressing a larger group of people and you'll have a good opportunity to um, explain, you know, to tell your story and, and to talk to people about it and get feedback. Mm. So that's huge in either case. Of course, we all want those deep connections and friendships and things, but a lot of times those have to start with you decided to just go and learn and and you ended up talking with the speaker afterwards, or you told your story and somebody really connected with it, or you just went because you wanted to feel like you were not alone. And in that feeling of camaraderie, it opened something up in you that allowed you to connect with someone in a way that you hadn't before. Yeah. I think uh, Corbett just said something really important that I feel like we haven't touched on yet that again, another thing that shouldn't be understated or can't be overstated, I suppose, is the this idea of visibility. Like I heard you talking about visibility in there, Corbett, where, you know, especially if you're newer and you're just starting out, you might still be doing that thing where you kind of feel like you're blogging in the shadows or you're like nervous about your friends knowing about it. You're not really talking about it in your real life because it doesn't feel like a real thing. Like you're doing this moonlight dance. And, you know, if if you're going to a conference and you're, like Corbett said, forced to talk about what you do and explain it and have an elevator pitch and maybe you even have business cards, I just think from a mindset perspective, it's going to shift like where you see yourself on this spectrum. Because when someone says, what are you working on or what do you do? You have to be ready to say, I am or I do. And it becomes so much more real when you have to articulate it, I think. So if you're in that stage where you want to take yourself more seriously, I think that putting yourself in situations where you kind of have to show up in that way I don't know. I think it can have really profound effects in terms of how you look at yourself and your business. It's really easy to just hide behind the computer and be like, well, my, web my website's not done, so I'm not technically a business yet. But when you're in that situation and you want to be seen that way, you kind of have to fake it so you make it a little bit. And that can be really useful for taking yourself more seriously. Mm. Mm, totally. Yeah. It's, it, I'm glad you re, like, you kind of like recentered us Corbett back on, on some, just some like really just here's what's really valuable about this thing. And like, let's, let's, let's talk about what are, what is like, what's the point? Like, what do we really get when we go to a conference? Like, what do we really get when we go to a conference? Like, what are the, I think about it as like the periodical, periodic table of elements, you know, like here's the period, here's bromine and then there's like carbon and there's like, these are the building blocks of life, right? I don't know. I don't know. Hydrogen, right? These are the things Bromine that everything else. Carbon. <laughs> Bromine, the building block of life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, building blocks of life, like bromine, <laughs> baking soda. Um, the, the, I just think about that periodical table, periodic table of elements and like, what's, what's that for what a conference gets you? And I think, I see, I think there's probably like maybe, Maybe there's only one real element there, but I definitely I think there might be like more than that. Like one of them, for example, is sometimes you do learn something that you just haven't learned anywhere else before, 
right? Like how I feel about learning at a conference, like you go to a conference or speakers and they're teaching you some stuff. Um, a lot of times I'm like, I can learn this at a, like the speaker wrote a blog post about this. You know, I can, I could go get the same information from a blog post. It'll take me eight minutes, you know, and then I can, and I can like, I can really take it and apply it to my business right there, you know? So a lot of times learning stuff I discredit with conferences. However, I have had an experience at a small conference called MicroConf, which is now it's, it's larger now. And that is one, it's specifically just for SaaS businesses that I get the feeling. It might actually not say that, but it's a lot of like a lot of SaaS businessy type stuff. But the, the, the lessons there are oftentimes like, Oh dang, really? Okay. So I'm like, I need to go back and like take notes on, on like, okay, so that's how he set up Google analytics to get this particular report. I need to go do that. Cause that's actually interesting. And I haven't heard anybody else talk about that before. You know, they're actually learn some stuff sometimes. I think learning tips and tricks, things like that is definitely one of those elements, but it's one that I discredit more. It's not nearly as valuable to me as, as other stuff because I get so much learning. I mean, we live on the YouTube, on the internet, we have YouTube and stuff like that. You can learn, you can learn all day long. Another one though is from the, like just the speakers, there's some, there's almost like some motivation that comes. I mean, and motivation can be really, really cheap. Inspiration, motivation can be really cheap. They can be here today, gone tomorrow, right? If you, I, I think Elizabeth Gilbert's take on inspiration and creativity is one of my favorites I've heard to date besides like a Stephen Pressfield. And so if you want to learn more about that, Big Magic is Liz Gilbert's book. And then The War of Art is Stephen Pressfield's book. If, if you haven't done those books yet, I think you might really need to be reading those books at some point if you're listening to this podcast. Like, I think those m- might be required reading <laughs> for, for, for creative indie entrepreneurship uh, these days of all shapes and sizes. But there is some sort of motivation piece you can get. I tend to discredit that sort of too. But at the same time, like sometimes you're just like in the desert and you got nothing and you go to a conference and you come out of it going like, dude, I feel ready to go to work. What do you guys think of when you think of the elements of, of a conference or in a gathering like that? Well, I mean, go ahead, Seth. Go ahead, Court. Okay. Oh. I was going to say, that, I mean, the word connections just really is what sticks out in my mind. It's like, I know every time I've put myself in that situation, whether it is the big conference or the smaller retreat, actually, I come home with new people to connect with and reach out to. And whether that's being on their podcast or them coming on mine, just like these new opportunities, like people that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to, like, even if I've talked to them on social media or whatever, um, typically like new ideas for things, you get in these conversations and people are like, oh, we should, we should do this together. Or we should, you know, talk about this on my podcast. So I can't think of a time where I've been to a conference or a retreat and didn't get like some opportunity like that that came as a result of it. So mm. I think connections, I think visibility, and I think opportunity are mm. like really things that come from the social side, especially of of both conferences and retreats. So connection is what to you? Connections with the people, I think. So new relationships, I guess relationships would be another way to say it. Okay, got it. And so, and it's, it's like a kind of like, what, what do you get out of these relationships that you don't get in the relationship with your barista or like with your husband or with your girlfriend who like that you already have? Yeah. Well, you know, it's really funny because um, I think this was from Madeline in the Fizzle forums and we talked about Madeline's business a few episodes back now, but Corbett, I think you may have seen this post because I think you commented on it, but she wrote this great post and it was titled something like, new business and old friends or something like that or online yeah. business and, and old friends. And she just talked about the struggle of like, Hey, I'm in, you know, I'm in these situations. I'm at the bar. I'm at a friend's party and people are like, what, like, what are you doing? And she tries to explain like her drive for it and why it's important to her and, and the, even the opportunity and people just are kind of like, uh-huh. Okay. Like we've all been in that room. Right. And Mm -hmm. so when you're at a conference or at the retreat and you get, I think you said this earlier, Chase, when you just get to be around people who are like, yeah, I I see what you're trying to do here and you're not crazy and you should keep going. And here's all the things you should try next. And here's what worked for me, man. I mean, I just, I have some amazing friends in my life who don't do anything even remotely entrepreneurial and yeah, they cheer me on, but there's just something 
totally different around uh, or about being around people who have walked that walk and know what you're going through. When someone like your supportive friend who's a barista says like, you should keep going. It's like, okay, thanks. That's really nice. But, and and you appreciate it. I don't mean to undermine that. But then when you are, you know, sitting with someone who's got a blog and they're trying to podcast and they're trying to grow an audience and they say, no, I think you're onto something. You should really keep going. It just sinks in on a different level because it's just that, that, that feeling of being understood. I think, actually is a lot bigger than we often realize. Yeah. And it makes me think of the one word that I wrote down earlier was there's something in that, that to me is kind of, it's like validating. Yeah, totally. It's it's like, it validates me and I'm actually quite hungry for that. Oftentimes, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like I don't know if I trust that I'm one of these for reals, for reals. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not like I'm not like an entrepreneur like that, but I'm trying, I'm trying. You know what I mean? And getting that sense of validation where someone who's who's I see as like really doing it, yeah. they talk to me and they're interested in what I think and they see me as really doing it. It's like it does it takes it it takes a while for me to really kind of realize how how big of an impact that has on me and how much that can affect how I just show up to my own work every day. You know, yeah, that's really and is like medicine. Yeah. And I'll take it a step further. I've mentioned this here on the show before, but when I do things like this, particularly when I've done the small retreat environment, I, I have been lucky enough to surround myself with women who are not only entrepreneurs, but also moms of small kids. Yeah. And so if you can find out like to take this one step further, like a subgroup of people who are trying to build online business and, you know, are raising small kids or, and come from a software development background or something that you kind of have this common ground. When you have another layer like that, like parenting kids and you have family members that say things to you like, well, aren't you at home? Like, why is your kid going to daycare? And it really messes with you. You can be in an environment of people who are like, no, yeah, I do that too. And and I get it. So when you can surround yourself (laughs) with people who are like aligned with you in that philosophical way and are trying to build businesses, it's really cool. We should do like an entrepreneurial parents conference. I'd actually would love a conference like that. I think it'd be so easy to go like, here's some business tips. Here's some family tips. Meet each other. <laughs> you know and what I mean? everyone get drunk while your kids are yeah, at home. <laughs> totally. Ask grandma and grandpa to help out if you can. Yeah. Uh, I know your kids are going to come back ruined and it's going to take months to put them back together because grandma and grandpa are just like, here, you want to watch TV? Okay, cool. As they go check their email on their iPads or something like that. Uh, sorry, am I speaking out of turn? That's what my life's like, you guys. And we're with my grandparents right now and I am just like, trying not to let everything fly off the handle. All right. So that was just a little confession. So I think about these, these, uh, these periodic table of elements of what we get out of a conference as like, if you can really look at what you get out of it, maybe you can get that in little areas of your life already, right? Maybe you actually do have a friend that you did kind of connect with about this kind of thing. And Maybe you could like schedule like an hour, just kind of catch up that you do every couple weeks or every month or something like that. That's to- there's totally medicine in that for you. You know what I mean? Maybe you could uh, go to an actual conference, right? That's that's one thing you could you could really do. You can go to a conference, or you can get some of this stuff in your in your daily life, in your regular life, a little bit more. We're running out of time here, and so I want to know if you guys have anything else that you feel like really needs to be said at this point. I just want to say, go to the conference. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I was thinking, just go. Just like, don't think, just make it happen and go and commit to it and go all the way. That's yeah. what I have to say. Yeah. Uh, if In case people didn't understand from this conversation that um, for the three of us, conferences have hands down been one of the most valuable things we've done in our entrepreneurial careers, then I just want to reiterate that and make sure that that, that is clear. Um, if I had to do it all over again, I would attend even more conferences than I did. For a while, I was doing about two or three a year pretty consistently. And um, now with all of these retreats available, I would mix those in as well. I think I would probably at least attend one conference and one retreat a year to begin with. Yeah, that's well said. All right, guys, I think that is it for this one. This is Fizzle Show 269. Thank you so much for listening. You can get all the show notes and links for this episode at fizzleshow.co slash 269. That's fizzleshow.co slash 269. 
1-800-242-8269. I think you should do it. And while you're there, you should get on our email list by getting one of our free guides because Corbett's always sending out useful things. In fact, when you get on the email list at first, we're going to guide you through a handful of our most important pieces of content and some of the most important ideas that you really need to integrate and get some wisdom about if you're early on in your entrepreneurship path. And maybe honestly, even if you're, if you're a ways in at this point. So if you haven't gotten on that list yet, if you haven't gotten our initial sort of sequence of, of giving you sort of our best lessons learned through our content one at a time, highly recommend that. You can find that all at fizzle.co. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, find care, take care. Serve hard and dig in. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Bye-bye.